It's not a bird, it's not a plane, it's Superhero Slate. It's a modern podcast where we talk about everything that's great. Like movies, TV, superheroes. It's Superhero Slate, oh yeah. Hello everyone and welcome to Superhero Slate, the show where we run down the latest superhero entertainment news. We love TV, movies, and superheroes, so let's talk it all out. My name is Chris Dillard. And my name is Mike Royer. And this week, we're revealing the Season 2 titles for Marvel's What If on what the if show. What if we actually did that? What we if? Will. What if? We are. And you can just stay tuned, and we will we will get there. We're also making our predictions for the second half of Ahsoka, because Mike has now seen four episodes, I believe. Yes, I'm you're, caught up. You're caught up, and you are back. Mm. After, we are back. The show had not started last time we recorded, <laughs> so... Uh, well, we're going to have some, again, the back half of the show is going to be very spoiler-filled, and we'll talk about what that means in a little bit, including giving you a review of I Am Groot's second outing. I hope Mike has watched this, because I didn't ask him. And <laughs> I, I have not. So okay. Chris will be giving you the review. That's fine. And he is welcome to spoil anything. It, there are it. no spoilers in I Am <laughs> Let me tell you how little spoilers are in I Am Groot, Mike. Um, spoilers. I'm going to guess he was cute and tenacious. It's very much episode. so. It, a show you could probably watch while I wax poetically about some topic in here, Mike. That's how short these shorts <laughs> are. Um, but, uh, yes, so, so Mike, welcome back. You, you missed last week. Thanks again to Jim, Superfan Jim, for stepping in yes. to take your place. Uh, Thank you big very juice. much, Jim. Yes, yeah. so everyone's happy about Chris, that, I, but go on. I, I, I would very much like you to ask me what it was like being gone. What, what was it like being gone? Mike? Well, it's like being in a dream where I've somehow been really invested in the Zack Snyder cut of Justice League. Jesus Christ. If anybody picked up on that, that is a quote from, I think, the third act of Barbie, if I remember right, like right towards the end. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I have been waiting so long for Chris to go see the movie. So you mm-hmm. went and saw it while I was off, where I was gone from the show, right? I think I think I saw it the Monday after we last recorded together. Um, but yes, I have seen it and you did. I, the first thing I, when I heard it, I, I immediately messaged Mike. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I was is, just like, it was such an amazing, I, I, I mean, we, we talked, I talked a little bit about Barbie on the show. Um, I haven't heard your thoughts on it at mm. all, but I, I, I love the movie. It was great. And then I, that joke at like the very end was just, it was yeah. just hilarious. And I was like, I can't wait for Chris to go see oh, it because this a, is like so poignant. <laughs> it is. And, and from a Warner Brothers property even mm-hmm. as well, um, it's just kind of like, yeah, we like for, a, 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 I guess, a movie that is so meta on so many different levels. That was mm-hmm. even more meta. And I'm like, oh, this is fun. This is very entertaining. Um, but you know, just to, you know, not as no spoilers about this. I, I had a good time with Barbie. I think it's uh, not something I think I need to revisit or have an annual watching for, but it's definitely not the film. When someone says we're making a Barbie movie, what you expect to get right at the end of the day. Yeah. So it, it's got a strong message. It's very, you know, it, it is an emotional movie in, in a good way. And I really do not look forward to the number of Barbies and Kins uh, coming to Halloween in a month and a half. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, you know well, how many I, tool I'm bag a... Kins we're gonna see with the fur <laughs> coat on in their Mojo yeah, Dojo Casa houses? <laughs> yeah, hopefully people will get a little bit more creative with it. Like, I don't know, like bandage up their knees so they can't mm-hmm. like bend them, or like I don't know, do something like. A little bit more meta with their costume since the movie is uh, so meta. Uh, and I would say this is probably, again, um, other than Toy Story, which is my favorite movie that features Barbie and Ken, right? Toy Story 3. Uh, <laughs> a fairly, fairly good movie for the summer because, you know, we have had a lot of 
material hit cinemas this year. Um, simply, I, I don't know if it's post COVID catch up or uh, what, but like this is a, I think it's something that's to stand out amongst a summer of just a lot of content at the end of the day. Yeah. It's, it's just, it was, it's a very unique film with such a, um, very recognizable character, right? You, you mm-hmm. never would have thought it would happen. Honestly, we all thought the Barbie movie was going to end up probably like that very first version. That um, what's that? What's that um, comedian? She was supposed to be Barbie in one version of the film, but then like everything, uh, Amy Schumer. She oh. was originally attached. That not that was going to be like a totally different Barbie movie. You could already tell. So uh, I love yeah. the way that this one. <laughs> I love the way that this one um, landed. It was really funny. But mm-hmm. it, now that I've been uh, a several weeks out from it and had a little bit of time to think about it, it's still a great movie. But I do wish they could have just done a little bit more with like the corporate Mattel side of things. Mm-hmm. Like it's kind of funny. You mentioned, you know, they're, they're like kind of roasting Warner brothers and like the whole Zack Snyder thing, part of the studio that made the movie, but it seems like they were really not allowed to kind of dig at like it, the history of like Mattel. Like they never, yeah. I feel like they never really resolved like what Will Ferrell's character like was mm-hmm. or what really happened. They just kind of glossed over it. it but luckily yeah. the rest of the movie was so strong. I, you kind of let right. it go. And I feel if they focus on that too long, it might've taken away probably from the core messaging of the film, which, you know, is, is different than, than corporate, you know, I guess, uh, not espionage, corporate, you know, takeovers or, you know, however we, we feel like, you know, companies are, you know, they sell things and they don't really care about us. I think, you know, if there is a sequel, they would probably, that's probably what they would touch upon. I don't think it needs a sequel. And I really hope, and I think I said this last week when you weren't here, but that, um, and, and you've seen it, the, the, the comments from celebrities, like, you know, the message of this movie is not make more movies from toys. It's <laughs> make good movies, right. That, that appeal to an audience. Um, and that is the message, not make toy movies. That's not what sold this movie. It was the the, the actual story throughout and the quality. So mm-hmm. that, that that's that's how I feel about it. I had a good time. I, I think it's supposed to hit digital this week, maybe next week. It's one of those movies that got, I think, delayed on digital um, because it was doing so well in theaters. It's like the biggest oh, yeah. movie of the year. Maybe. It's the only thing I think currently that's like yeah. saving Zaslav's job. Like yeah. if Warner Brothers did not have Barbie, like I mean the headlines are already bad for the studios, just like dragging mm-hmm. the strike out even longer. It would be a catastrophic implosion for Warner Brothers if Barbie did not yeah. come out this year. <laughs> yeah, uh, it, exactly. Like I said, I think it, it made up for the Flash's uh, underperformance, and uh, we'll talk about another movie that might actually. Um, do better than all of these here in a little bit. But, um, you know, something that's, that's fresh for me, fresh off, uh, this is what I watched today, uh, was uh, I finally got to sit down and, and watch some One Piece episodes, Mike, uh, mm-hmm. from, from Netflix. And you, you've watched, how, I don't know how many you've watched. I've watched the first two. I don't know how many you've watched at this point. I am part way through episode four if okay. i remember correctly so and there's yeah eight i feel total yeah i was okay. i was recommending to you chris to watch at least the first two because you finally get a look at at least kind of like a villain or kind of what like what an antagonist pirate would look like kind mm-hmm. of by the time you get to episode two so yeah, i felt like I, that was enough for at least for us to have like a conversation oh absolutely and i i'm gonna i'm just gonna go ahead and, and preface this mike and you may agree uh, I know nothing about One Piece other than that it is a yes. Shonen Jump uh, manga that runs, you know, started in the late 19, 90s 
and is still going to this day. Even had a huge yes. revelation, I think, a couple of weeks ago in their um, in their manga. Yeah. So I'm like, I know nothing about this. This is all fresh to me. And um, I'm not going to pretend I do, Mike. Uh, yeah, it's like, well, also, too, it's like we're obviously nerds. Like, we're out there in the pop culture universe. We know of One Piece, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you've seen clips of it. You know, you've seen memes. The, the, of, like the, the art <laughs> style is so unique and stands out, right? And, and they have characters with such defining features. I know yeah. when I'm looking at a One Piece character, even if it doesn't say One Piece on it. So. Yeah, it's like I'm sure somebody who understands and as knowledgeable of the anime could speak to it better than us but like for me the art style kind of feels like almost like Popeye meets anime Mm -hmm. which I don't know if that's obvious or not obvious or you're calling people are like shaking their pitchforks at me like you're crazy don't equate this to Popeye (laughs) well he he was a Popeye was a sailor man now he wasn't trying to be king of the pirates but he was a sailor man (laughs) and uh there are just you know this is kind of a world similar uh, I wouldn't say similar Kind of like, you know, I know Dragon Ball very much. When I see Dragon Ball, I know Dragon Ball. And there are humanoids in this. They are not all just normal people looking things, yeah. right? Like this, yeah. like an anime like uh, Naruto where they all looked like people with you know yeah. who are fighting. This is very much, oh, this guy is very bulky. And this guy has a sawtooth for a nose and so on mm-hmm. and so forth. Yeah, it's, it's very all over the place. And I've been like, I don't even care, Chris, whether you hate what you've watched or what you loved what you watched. And I'm not even 100% sure where I'm at on this show. But, like, <laughs> there's so much to talk about. Like, yeah. I don't even, like, I don't even, like, want to, like, gloss over it. Like, I don't, I don't even know if we should do, like, a spoiler cast. Like, maybe mm-hmm. if we end up finishing it all. Uh, I feel like I am at a race against the clock, much like Cowboy Bebop when that came out. Is it going to get canceled before I get a chance to finish it? Um, mm. I don't know. But the the internet seems to be a little bit more positive for this adaption of One Piece compared to when Cowboy Bebop came out, and I have a lot yeah. of thoughts about that. But uh, I think with about four <laughs> episodes in, like it's just there's just so there's just so like my that my eyes just have so much to look at. I don't really know how else to like describe it. There's just so much going on, man. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, I, I agree. So to me, there's a couple of, I, I, I'm enjoying myself. I'm just going to go ahead and get, I'm, I'm enjoying myself on watching this because I have no preconceived notions and I don't know what mm. to compare it to. Right. Like, um, I feel whoever has done this uh, obviously has respect for the content and the mm-hmm. actors in the first two episodes at least are very very strong in these roles like they're mm-hmm. they know who they're playing and what they're playing but I, I will tell you the first episode obviously was a lot of the trailer we talked about not very visually appealing right very sandy very like you know obviously this is a, a coastal town kind of thing but when we get to the second episode and uh, this is not a spoiler because this character is very prominent in the in the the manga is um is in Buggy I believe his name's Buggy the clown guy. Uh, when yeah. you get the visual of the clown, like the visuals really open up and the everything really happens. But I I can't help but see Muppet Treasure Island, Mike, because <laughs> uh, Monkey D. Luffy his power is he's stretchy, a lot like uh-huh. Mr. Fantastic. And I think there's some lessons to be learned here if you want to do a stretchy man in in movies. Uh-huh. But um. When they put Gonzo on the rack in Muppet Treasure Island to stretch him out, and he's just like, yeah, do it again. And then there's a scene in episode two where he's like, you can stretch me forever. I'm, I'm stretchy. That's what I am. I'm like, this is Gonzo. This is very much Gonzo. Like, <laughs> I, so I, I love it. 
I love it, Chris, because like you're thinking about this the exact same way I'm thinking about this of just like I'm watching something I've never quite seen before. So my brain is just desperately trying to like find like comps in my head mm-hmm. of just like all of the people like they'll dress fantastically or weird or they'll just be so otherworldly. It feels like the capital from the Hunger Games. Yeah. Uh, but then you have like Luffy. He's, he's so positive and optimistic and is good at getting a crew together and he's infectious and he can get anybody over onto his side. So he's like Ted Lasso, right? Yeah. Then obviously you throw Pirates of the Caribbean in to get some of that. Ki- kind of. There. I think mostly the music because like everything else I'm like, I don't I get pirates, but I'm like. This doesn't feel very Pirates of the Caribbean. Like it's just uh, not quite there yet. But I love the, the yeah. music there. Like that that theme song from Pirates One is just carry. I hear it all the yeah. time when I'm watching this. Yeah, and then you got to throw like a little bit of like Wizarding World in there. Of like I don't, I can't point to anything specific in there. But like mm-hmm. you have things like snails that act as telephones, yep. and it's like so, it's nope. so bizarre, and no explanation goes into it. So it's like. I want to kind of say that's like magic, but like not explicitly right. It's and I wouldn't be kind of. Yeah. Cause like that one guy has a metal jaw bolted onto his face and you're like, yeah. you're like, yeah, I've seen this in anime, but God damn, they put it in real life. Yeah. And that's like good. That's a good point for like production design too, because like it, it ebbs and flows, right? Like sometimes I feel like I'm seeing like a cool visual adaptation of a character that I can tell was designed as a cartoon. And then sometimes I'm just like, Oh, that looks like a costume from party city. Mm -hmm. So, but like, it's just, I don't know. There's so much going on and I'm just having a good time. I just like, and like, I constantly keep trying to compare it to the attempt that was made with cowboy bebop. And I feel like, and last we talked about the Cowboy Bebop, the live action, I liked it, right? But I never finished it because they canceled it, so why invest myself into it, right? But I feel like the challenge there was like, you could just watch Cowboy Bebop, right? Mm. It's just its own standalone thing. You could binge it in a day or a weekend, and it's this amazing standalone dramatic piece of storytelling, right? One Piece is so long and sprawling, and like you said, it's kind of comparable to like a Dragon Ball Z in a way, where I'm sure there's like filler episodes and arcs, and they oh, yeah. stretch that like 22 minute runtime by like adding the- in like flashbacks and things you've already seen. I looked right? up the character with the red hair. The- the, the guy who um, inspired Luffy. Uh, what's his name? Uh-huh. Um, mm-hmm. Shank. It's like his... Shank, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. So in the actual thing, he didn't appear until the fourth episode. Um, and he's like in the first five minutes of this. So I'm like, they are really hurrying up some of that stuff from yeah, the, exi- the manga and anime. And that's great because, you know, I, we don't need to go through that. I understand what it did for the show at the time, but like they're like distilling this down to like, Hey, this might be your, I wouldn't say villain of the week, but this is your journey of the episode kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, and it, it, it just, it just feels like a, an adaptation was just almost more necessary for mm-hmm. a, for a one piece than a cowboy bebop because it's like, listen, there's like a thousand episodes. I don't even think I'm being facetious. Right. I, is there like literally a thousand episodes? Well, there's over, there's over a thousand episodes because it's been <laughs> yeah, going since like, 99. Yeah. It's like I'm never sitting down and watching all that. Like I'm, I'm a man approaching his forties, it's, right? I, it's just never gonna happen. 1,075 episodes as of September 10th, and I will tell you, as someone who watches the Pokemon episodes, there are 1,255 episodes of Pokemon currently oh with God. Ash and Pikachu. <laughs> I have seen, probably, actually watched and paid attention to maybe five percent of these, but I've, <laughs> in the background, seen uh, you know probably over half of them. 
But does any of those matter at the end of the day? No. Yeah, like, like you, just, you distill it down to a, a Pokemon movie. You don't need everything in there. Yeah. So so now, like, I'm I'm just like I'm very very shocked to say that we would be on the show talking about One Piece. We both like it. We mm-hmm. both want to watch more of it. I would welcome more seasons of it. Yeah. I mean, best case scenario, like the best Netflix has ever done, is what like eight seasons of a tv show so like i don't know if there's a world where the live action one piece encompasses the entire narrative that's been told i like oh yeah i don't know what the plan is but like it's fun i want more of it i hope it's doing well yeah i again without having any preconceived notions other than i've seen I, I think the difference between I, I just One Piece and Cowboy Bebop, since One Piece has covered you know so long, and Cowboy Bebop is was one season, right? Of, in like mm-hmm. the '90s, I think that's why you know you 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 put your thumb on this. You're like this has been going forever, and it's still going. It has something going for it, and seeing merchandise and stuff in stores and articles. Whenever I've been, we've been doing this show for almost ten years. There's always been One Piece articles the entire time we've been doing this show, mm-hmm. and it's just it's just got something about it that's going to keep going, and that's that's great. And I think Netflix has done a good job on their hands. Now I will say, a lot of these scenes um, where they they have like something on it, it feels like a it's not it's not a volume, but it's a sound stage, right? It's a very much a circular area or a, a very yeah. box area. But that's fine because, you know, um, it, it kind of fits the story, right? They're like they're bouncing from island to island. They don't have a, a huge space to really play in some of the time. So, yeah, they're, they're they're doing pretty they're doing pretty well, I would say, with what they're trying to adapt. I mean, like uh, one piece I've seen clips of it. I've seen like one or two episodes like it is a it is a cartoon a hundred percent through and through right you got like literally a squash and a squash and stretch character you mm-hmm. got you got goofy animal hybrids and fantastical locations people who like... can dismember themselves uh, <laughs> and stuff like that uh, I will say the clown actor he was in agents of shield he played uh, the guy Zeke from the future when they went to the future and brought him yeah back. I thought I thought he looked familiar he did yeah, a great like a... he did a great job with that, mm-hmm. that role that was a creepy clown uh, kind of thing and what is with Japan and those cl- that, that clown specific look because if you watch <laughs> Dragon Ball Super, one of the gods of destructions has that exact same look as well. They love that. So the, the the Japanese people are probably like, "What's with America and the one way they depict like yeah. ninjas or samurai right, or yeah. whatever?" As, like, as turtles, like, we don't even have yeah. turtles here. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I, I I I would you know say my wife. Um, she was working on something behind me, and she listened to a lot of it, and she's like, that sounds creepy over there sometimes. I'm like, it is a little creepy, but it is a fun journey, and I, I love it, and I, I I love watching it because I have nothing – I have no, I guess, um, connections to this mic, right? And I feel like yeah. that adds a lot to my enjoyment of this. So um, Yeah, they could be they could be absolutely skewering the story, and I have no idea. As long as, as, long <laughs> would, as it's fun. And I'll, yeah, I'll never know. But, yeah, yeah. surprised to be talking – positively about one piece with you today Chris. yes absolutely and i hope to watch more i i plan on on catching this um and hopefully maybe maybe next week maybe two weeks might getting it all done and we can mm-hmm. we can talk about it but just in time for us to have a spoiler cast for the upcoming taylor swift the eras tour hitting theaters in 2023 in october my wife bought tickets to this i didn't even ask me just went ahead and bought the I'm tickets not, i'm not surprised yes <laughs> um and um she originally it was only at amc but it's not only at amc theaters anymore this was originally an amc exclusive but you can buy i think tickets anywhere now in most theaters 
um, which is depressing because she bought him at EMC. I'm like, that's not even close. I'd rather go to the theater <laughs> across the street. But um, this is reportedly will beat literally every superhero movie opening in 2023 with a $150 million opening weekend. And um, that doesn't include probably the theater merch sales for the T-shirts and popcorn buckets they're going to be selling and everything else. Yeah, uh, I, I'm not. I, I've never seen a music concert tour get so popular and, and hit the theaters, and that's kind of why I wanted to bring it up. I'm like, this is a this is a phenomenon that only I believe yeah. uh, Taylor Swift could encompass. But the story behind it's even funnier. I don't know if you know this. Um, like they they went to AMC first, uh, like the regular people. Like, hey, we want to do this, and this is what we're gonna do, and we want a bigger cut than a normal movie, right? Because it's not a normal film mm-hmm. uh, we did all the work and all this other stuff and they were like haha no so taylor swift went around and went to the president of amc directly and it was, <laughs> and he was like yeah absolutely we will take whatever content we can get at this time and cut like a really good deal for for the the, the production company yeah. uh, uh honestly yeah it's it's just amazing as like technology and distribution just gets so much more streamlined yeah, people do have the option of just like, oh yeah, we don't need like a middleman to like print film reels and uh, mm-hmm. manage relationships between studios. When you're Taylor Swift, you could knock on any door. She could go to any company, any theater yeah. company in the world, and be like, I yeah. want to sell it to you exclusively. And they would yeah. Be like, yeah. And- and you would know better from your household because uh, your wife has gone to several of the Eros Tours uh, concerts. They're like three hours long, right? It's yeah. like a whole production. So like that's <sighs> yeah. already yeah, that's is. already more adaptable to the big screen than maybe some other bands' concerts, right? And, and um, it's gonna it's gonna be fucking wild. I would not want to be somebody who's going to see like a very dramatic like A twenty four movie that's sharing a wall <laughs> with, yeah. with the Eros Tour concert because you're gonna be able to freaking I, hear it through that wall. I, Hundred, I hundred percent guarantee there's going to be other movies run out or shut down because they need to open up more screenings for this that mm-hmm. that opening week. Um, I'm also kind of surprised they don't have like a sing along version of the the show. Like you know, I, I well, I don't know if they're going to like put like lyrics on the screen, but like I believe in all of the marketing materials, they are encouraging people to like oh, yeah. bring your little custom made bracelets, dress up. Everyone's it's a gonna concert be like without singing. going to the concert. Yeah. Yeah. This is going to be the like no movie theater etiquette is going to be in that um, auditorium. It'll yeah, and just you be a madhouse. And you kind of don't need it for the, for a show like this either. Right. Like yeah. you're not, you're not listening to people whisper and tell secrets before the, you know, things blow up. Like you're literally yeah. just watching a show and that's great. And I think, you know, um, you know, uh, opportunities for bands to record their shows and sell them not necessarily to theaters, but also online stream service. I would buy some, right. I would literally not, if I can't go to a concert anywhere cause I'm in the Midwest and they don't like to come here, I would pay for, you know, streaming to watch shows, um, pre-recorded shows of concerts as well. So, uh, I think this is great and, and good job for any Taylor Swift fan who didn't get to go and gets to go watch this in theaters. So yeah, you get to, you get to say a lot of money. That's a bargain. <laughs> you do get it. Yeah, you do get to, uh, lucky, lucky you guys. Um, we're going to switch gears back into comic con, comic news and talk about New York comic con. So I did get, I'll see a lot of news articles this week that New York comic con is coming on October 12th. Uh-huh. Panels are starting to get scheduled for this. Ooh, so, okay. um, Obviously, the writer's strike and the actor's strike are still going on. You know, mm-hmm. that has been a that, – that really, I would say, hampered San Diego Comic-Con. But, um, you know, I saw, again, an example. Dragon Ball has a panel coming there. They're going to announce something new. I bet it's a video game-related thing. Um, Marvel had some stuff. I They may do 
just some straight announcements on the releases rather than actual like having actors out there right like hey you know you missed last week but a bunch of marvel stuff got shifted around mike right like all, mm-hmm. all the streaming stuff got shifted so do they come out and you know talk about you know some of that plans i don't know maybe maybe they show off some animation from what if or x-men 97 i don't know but um i i i'm excited that is coming in a couple or in one month from now but i really don't know what we're going to get out of it this year yeah uh, the um the actors guild has a interim agreement with uh, amc the studio not the movie theater so there's a big chance that like uh walking dead could be a gigantic mm. presence at new york comic-con because one of the few like mega nerd properties that could you know be out there and not be scabbing right they could get all of the actors out there I did a, <laughs> I watched one of my um, uh, uh, beloved recap videos uh, on YouTube last week of uh, like all of the Walking Dead, and then I fell down like a Walking Dead, like analyzing like rabbit hole of what happened to the show over time. So like my brain is like Walking Dead like primed. I'm like I feel like I'm all well, you got up well you got a new show like a that decade. just came out today. So uh, the Daryl show came out today, didn't it? Yeah, yes, apparently they, they did some sort of, like, kind of teenage-based show that only lasted one season, but at the mm-hmm. end of it, there was, like, a hint that the virus, like, originated or huh. started in, like, Paris or something like that. Yeah. So, like, Daryl's show is supposed to be taking him to Paris. He goes to Paris, yeah. I'm, I'm assuming to, like, I don't know, find the origins of the virus. Uh, so. He... It, it, I, I've I've read the reviews of the first season, which is great because what I, I don't like about and I've always had this complaint about Walking Dead season two when they go to the farm and you just see a fucking farmhouse for ten episodes, mm-hmm. unlike the biggest show ever. They're like, oh, you actually get to go to a different country and see things uh, like differently, like different vistas because they filmed it in Europe as well. So I'm excited to to possibly see more of that. But yeah, I, I I'm it, it's out, Mike. So for Walking Dead, you're you're welcome. Born. I was gonna say it makes me think Game of Thrones, right? Because they're not SAG after. It's not a SAG after production, right? That's a England. Um, yeah, I'm thing. not really sure how things are working over in the in the UK. They're still film. Uh, they're still filming it um, currently. Uh, House of the Dragon season two. So I'd be interested to see if they come over and do something. Oh, maybe. Um, but, or maybe if they cross, if they was it the Prime Meridian or whatever, if they if they cross into North America where yeah. the the U.S. guilds remain supreme, they'll be like, yeah. I hope you don't want to, you know, I hope you don't want to yeah. leverage this House of Dragons fame yeah. with anything that happens in Hollywood because uh, right. what you're doing is not cool. So right. I guess we'll we'll see what happens. Yeah. I don't know all the details, so I don't want to. Yeah, it's it's diff- different countries throw. and different things, so it's it's yeah. definitely interesting. But I know they're filming, so that'd be something. But like. I, I don't, again, like I said, I just don't expect to get a lot of it, but we'll we'll bring whatever we can to, to the show next month. So, probably for that. Uh, what if season two? Now we originally planned this to be a couple of years out, Mike. Remember when we last talked? They were like rumored, like we're going to delay this, delay this because we don't need it. Well, apparently they need it now more than ever, Mike, because it's done. <laughs> and um, the animation, uh, I guess people, I guess could finish up the episodes early, right, for this. So. Uh, Marvel pulled this to December 24th of this year, uh, which was previously kind of unslated. And um, what if season two titles have been revealed, including, I'm just going to go through them real fast. Stop me if you want, Mike. Okay. Uh, just but, uh, rattle them all off. Yeah. What if Gamora killed Thanos? What if Captain Carter finds Hydra Stomper? Continued from season one. What if the Tesseract landed in the, I'm going to butcher this, Haudenosaunee Confederacy uh, before the colonization of America? So Native American. <laughs> Okay. Uh, thing. What if Hank Pym and Jan Van Dyne fought the Red Guardian during the 80s? What if Yondu delivered Star-Lord to Ego? What if Happy Hogan saved Christmas from Iron Man 3? 
What if Wanda had grown up watching musicals and sitcoms? What if Odin Hella faced Winmu? And what if Avengers had fought Surger? So the only Ooh. one I can think of, these are nine episodes. Last season was a seven, right, I believe? And I think Gamora killed Thanos is the one that's carried over from before because yeah. she is the warrior. Are, are we are we led to believe that this is possibly episode order as well? Or do I have seen it in so different right? order. Uh, I've seen the la- I've seen all over the place. Uh, what if Happy Hogan saved Christmas? I've seen is the last one on something, but I don't know about the order at all. Yeah, I mean, um, you said this is going to be airing on the twenty fourth of yes. December. Yeah, this is a so Christmas I would. I would think they would want that Happy Hogan one to come out sooner. They well, they <laughs> rather I, than later. <laughs> I believe this is a this is a binge release. This is not a oh, weekly release. Okay, so then the order maybe doesn't necessarily yes matter. Um, I mean, Avengers fighting Surtur that sounds badass. That sounds yeah. really really cool. Since it was stated in Ragnarok that basically there's no way to beat Surtur. We yeah. just got to let him win and get the hell out of there. Yeah, you take, it, take his helmet like, kind of thing, I think, was it? The mask? Yeah, which is kind of interesting because nobody's really brought that back up, right? Is, like, Surtur still just, like, rummaging through Asgard, like, right now? But, you know, he maybe he's isolated there, can't, can't escape. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to the – who wouldn't look forward to a Christmas one, right? Yeah. at least you could – something repetitive you could watch every year. And, and this one, you know, I, I did notice there's no culmination of these, right, that I can tell yeah. right here. Like, there's no Ultron, you know, breaks the multiverse. So it seems like these are going to be less um, less building towards something, unless one of these happens to be that, which I would say, um, you know uh, – I. I don't know. Is is the Happy Hogan one the the sleeper where they all have to come together and save the multiverse? And Happy Hogan's the the multiverse dude in this one. I don't know. Wand. I said the Wanda one is being the last one as well. What if Wanda had grown up watching musicals instead of sitcoms? Maybe she does something reality based. So I expect a musical episode. That'll be fun. Yeah. I to be honest, I had to Google who Wenwu was. Oh, from I forgot. Shang Chi's dad. That was Ten Rings. Yeah, Shang Chi's dad. That kind kind of sounds really cool because that's one thing I've wanted more information on is like. What is this kind of mythical realm, right, where the whole yeah. movie ends up taking place, you know, at the end? And Odin and Hela, very anchored to their own mythical realm, so mm-hmm. maybe there'll be some discussion back and forth there of kind of like where all of this like lives, because it's like, it's like, Asgard is in space, but it's like it's not yeah. in space, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. so and, what and the hell's going on there? What's cool about that one is that is a very much it could be a historical piece, right? Because uh, when we had a extended life with his 10 rings like right mm-hmm. he'd, he'd been around for for decades and generations and um you know could and hella was before thor even uh so it, it could be very i i agree that one's very interesting um you know the what if yandu delivered star lord to ego so star lord getting the ego powers right growing up with as a celestial half celestial kid could be interesting um in that in that regard these seem a lot more like i want to watch them than the first round I don't know about you, but this seems very more. I'm like, ah, I can. I, these are these are things I never thought of. Where the first one seemed to be like, yeah, we just changed one or two things. Along yeah, the like way. what if A happened instead of B? Yeah, or, you know, like yeah. Yeah, and uh, you know, obviously the 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 takeout yard that the the one that took off the most is obviously Captain Carter. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have a sequel to that one here. Captain Carter finds the Hydra Stomper. Uh, so um, it looks like they'll be, I don't know if they'll be fighting each other or, you know, is this, you know, winter soldier with Captain Carter kind of deal. So um, a lot of these action figures, uh, I think I said last week, 
already hitting stores, so hopefully, you know, we won't get any spoilers for for anything here. But I'm I'd be excited. I'm excited to watch these. And like like I mentioned earlier, what I'm enjoying about this, Mike, is I don't care about any of these what ifs. Uh, they, they're they're not gonna carry over. There's no weight behind them. So hopefully, we can just watch them and have a good time rather than worry about what's it gonna do to the MCU at large because uh, mm-hmm. it won't. But I've got something about what if we'll talk about later in the episode though. So put a put a pin in that. Now, uh, what we're both excited for, I think, Mike, is Loki, the next MCU show from from mm-hmm. Marvel on Disney Plus, and that's coming out in October. And we got a season two teaser this week, a, a little short teaser, um, if you will. And what I have heard from this since this debuted is that uh, we will have at least Kang variants in at least half of the episodes as well, Mike. Nice. So, so it sounds like that's really going to be a main plot point of the show. It's not just going to be like you know, that one kind of teaser that we yeah. saw where they're kind of going to, like, the old-timey, like, World's Fair yeah. presentation. So I like that. This will be a big deal to see, like, where where Jonathan Majors sits within mm-hmm. the uh, the MCU as well. That could be interesting. Um, maybe they'll slowly morph his face every yeah. episode to where he's a different actor by the end. I don't know. Uh, but, man, the trailer, if anything stands out to me out of Loki... Uh, more than anything compared to any other MCU property. It's production design, production design, production design. It just looks so cool. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's exactly what you want with like, like, I don't know if you'd necessarily call like Marvel stories, like science fiction, even though it kind of seems like maybe the most accurate description, but just to go to like an interesting, unique world. Uh, and just like even the office spaces like look fun. So it's just, it's great. I just love looking at it. It and also feels. Well, I would say it also feels like the the show that has had the least amount of behind the scenes drama, if you will. Mm-hmm. But like season one and season like like everyone seems very down with this show. Like whatever you want to do, just have fun with it, kind of thing. And while you know the drama is you know obviously the um, the actor you just said his name, I forgot about it. Jonathan uh, Majors. Yeah, yeah, can't, uh, the guy who played King. I I don't think I don't think they're gonna do anything with Loki. I think it's gonna stay the, the way it is. But it seems like everyone's having fun. It's going to be great, right? Even though it has got the worst McDonald's crossover and known to man, <laughs> I, I agree with you that it just looks good. It looks fun. Like, everybody is in on this show, right? And um, we're not going to get a lot of reshot scenes like um, Secret Invasion revealed to have reshot most of the show by the mm-hmm. end of it. Um, but overall, I also enjoy the, um, like you mentioned, the, the – 18 late 1800s early 1900s aesthetic for some of the episodes it looks like over mm-hmm. there so keep you guys posted as that comes out next month uh you do you read about the art the news that agatha darkhold diaries is possibly the new name for the show um uh we talked about the what? chair a couple months ago that yeah i was there. gonna say i feel like i remember that title well apparently there may be a reason for the show's continuous title changes as a producer says something is afoot on a post that had all three titles together. Uh, this may indicate a different title per episode, possibly. Mm-hmm. Or is it one of those things like, you know, uh, the whole show may not be the Darkhold Diaries. Like I said, they could call it something else. Um, yeah. Because we talked about, yeah, that like when we saw that Darkhold Diaries like set chair, it looked kind of like, it was like the Princess Diaries or something like yeah. that. Yep. Um, so maybe each episode will be influenced where... Uh, WandaVision was influenced by like classic 
TV show genres over the years, maybe this one's going to be, you know, like TV movie inspired, right? You know, (laughs) does that mean like every time that happens in one of these Marvel shows, does does the character have to have some sort of like emotional damage uh, circling around what they watched as a kid? Yeah. Obviously, Agatha was like a witch during like the witch trials, but like eventually she was alive when movies were invented, right? Maybe she just really liked movies when they were invented. It it could be maybe a a remnant of whatever Wanda did to her, right? Wanda influenced mm-hmm. the whole town as, as movies in different decades. Whatever she did to Agatha, we don't know yet. Maybe it's a remnant of that, like, and a side effect uh, that she's going through different things. But uh, maybe there's, there's, it seems to be acknowledged that this is on purpose and it's not something that they're just changing their mind as they're working on the show, if that makes sense. Which kind of how, from the outside, that's how I perceive it to be. They just keep changing it. But, like, the producer's like, yeah, something's going on here. They might be like, oh, okay, this is, this is on purpose. Uh, and it might be just like low key marketing effort uh, throughout. So, of this, this is probably the best title of the three. I think, if I could pick a title to, to stick with Mike, I don't know. Do you have a preference? Uh, I mean, what were the? I don't remember the uh, other two. Agatha House of Harkness was the first one when it was unveiled, and then Agatha Coven of Chaos was the second. Oh one. yeah, they they all kind of sound like. Spooky. Well, they're <laughs> so all, it's kind of hard hard for me to remember. They're the also all alliteration. So, mm-hmm. like, um, you know, uh, I, I don't know. Like, is it, is it going to be a different alliteration per episode kind of deal? Mm-hmm. Uh, either way, it's fun. If they do it, that's fun. I, I think that's great. We have an Agatha show. Um, we're, we're diving back into Westview. A lot of the same actors from WandaVision will be there, and uh, we can we'll t- check that as more information comes out, um, which probably won't be for a little bit at this rate. So that's cool. Daredevil Born Again. This is news I dropped in here today. Spider-Man will apparently be mentioned during the show by Kingpin. However, he will not appear in the show. Uh, No surprise. I don't think they would be able to get Tom Holland for a show. I mean, I think that's uh, very routine for the uh, wall crawler, right? He's always like on a newspaper somewhere in the background or, you know, somewhere. Well, I I think it would be important for a uh, ground level people uh, if if the rumors are true that, you know, Kingpin will be running for mayor. Obviously, Spider-Man has been, we left him in New York, right, at Christmas time. Uh, so like is it'd be I think it'd be pertinent to have like yes we're gonna reference the vigilantes in the city, including Daredevil, including the Spider Person, uh, Spider Man, so on and so forth. They they got a hard thing for me to just to explain why is Kingpin strong? Mm-hmm. Like I need an explanation. You can't just like wave your magical Marvel hands and like Marvel can and like Kingpin can just like fight Spider Man. That's like obviously. Not true. A, a normal human being, even under the best situation, cannot fight like a mutated person from like um, from a spider, like and gets all right. these powers, right? Especially when he has a suit. So like I could I could suspend a little bit of disbelief that maybe a really strong dude, right, could fight Daredevil because Daredevil has no like superhuman powers except right. for like uh, perception, yeah. right? So, but like eventually, if the Kingpin's gonna fight anybody strong. Like, what's it going to be? Like, did he get maybe, did he use some, like, back, you know, backdoor channels to get some, like, black market superhero serum or something like that? There's got to be an explanation. If they need, yeah, I don't think he'll ever fight, I don't think, I don't think Wilson Wilson Fisk will ever fight Spider-Man in this universe, but I understand what you're saying. Uh, Hopefully, they, uh, I I don't know, I'm just hoping the 18-episode show is good, right? It's, 
That's a that's a bold move. Still, after all this time, I'm like, I mean, just make a good show. I don't care what you do mm-hmm. with it. At the end of the day, uh, rumor. Uh, we are in rumor territory. You know why we're in rumor territory, Mike? This week because there is no news because no productions are happening, and mm-hmm. for good reason. The strikes are happening, and they need to go ahead and the studios need to pay the writers and actors what they're owed and um, just just get over themselves. But with, well, with no news comes rumors like nobody's business. So the validity of these are going to be very rough, but I just want to go ahead and call them out because we don't have a lot of news really at the end of the day. So um, the first rumor is the TVA for Deadpool, th- or Deadpool 3, the TVA selecting heroes from dying worlds as a way to stop the multiverse from collapsing on itself. Which uh, would explain why Deadpool and Wolverine meet as Wolverine was chosen from his Fox universe to be the, uh, the person to, to fight for them. I mean, I like the concept, right? Because we do kind of need some sort of like power at B to kind of like maybe possibly set up, you know, a secret wars type of, you know, group. It's mm-hmm. a lot of effort, you know, to get a lot of RSVPs in, you know, to yeah. get, a, get a contact list going. So I feel like the TVA could do that. The, the only thing that, like, I'm trying to figure out, right, is, like, why would they need to get a group of heroes together? Like, to me, the multiverse collapsing kind of seems like a natural disaster. Like, I don't care how many Wolverines you get, you know, yeah. no amount of Wolverine slashing is going to stop a hurricane, right? Yeah. So uh, are they trying to get them together, like, it, to fight Kang? So, or, you know, what's going on here? <laughs> it, it, it wouldn't be Kang. So in the comic books of uh, the pre-Secret Wars comic books, the Incursions, you get two worlds that appear in the same space. Uh, you would see the other world, and what would happen is, usually by this point, the worlds know they're incurs- you're going to have these incursions, so one hero group would be sent from one planet to the other to try to blow up the other planet, if you will, um, while also fighting off their heroes, because if the one planet blows up, the other one would remain. They don't crash into each other and destroy themselves. I see what, I see what you're saying. So it could be that. It, it could also be, like you mentioned, maybe maybe this was interpreted wrong, and that the TV selecting heroes from Dying Worlds to hold on to when they inevitably have no like only one world left and we need to put heroes there right maybe maybe possibly could be a king but if it's a tva who is run by king uh as, as we saw in the, those previews like right the king statues we, it might not be king uh, they're fighting at the end of the day but um or maybe it's king maybe maybe they're it's Kang building his own he, quote unquote heroes to fight somebody else because in the original Secret Wars the battle world was heroes versus villains the collector versus the beyonder uh, mm-hmm. so that it is ideas the other rumor is this is that Daniel Radcliffe is cast in a secret role in the film um, most likely a Wolverine variant amid fan casting of him taking over the mantle in the MCU yeah uh, I've been seeing a lot of that percolate in my Instagram Explore feed uh, there's a there's like a promotional shot of Radcliffe from the final season of Miracle Workers where he's in like tidy whities and he's like basically doing like the Wolverine like he's ripping off yeah pose and he's like super ripped and you know he's he's pretty comic book accurate right when it comes to just like kind of like tiny little hairy dude right Mm -hmm. Um, but I was chatting with my wife about it since she's a huge Harry Potter fan she would obviously love Daniel Radcliffe to be in all of these Marvel movies that I drag her to right but I'm, I'm curious how general audiences would deal with a with a comic book accurate Wolverine on screen, right? Because Wolverine Hugh Jackman has been around for so long, like he's he's done more 
teaching the world what Wolverine is supposed to look like than a comic book. So what, what, what is the general audience going to think of when they go to a movie and they see like a tiny little dude on screen playing Wolverine? Yeah, there'll be some nerds in the audience going like, yeah, finally. And then everyone else is going to go like, what the hell I, is going on here? I don't think the I, I don't think Wolverine's visuals are going to what people get. I, I think it's going to be his personality. How do you get that rough and gruff personality? And, and, and when you look when most people look at Daniel Radcliffe, they're going to think, oh, he's the Harry Potter kid. Right, I think that's the hurdle you're gonna have to jump if he's the, if he's the actor, for that. It's so funny because I've been watching Daniel Radcliffe and so many other things now. Mm-hmm. Like his first three seasons of Miracle Workers, we're very much looking forward to the fourth season once it drops on Max at some point in time. Uh, we uh, caught him in uh, the Weird Al Yankovic story on mm-hmm. Roku, which yep. is hilarious. So now, in my mind, he has 100% shifted to one of the most hilarious actors that I've ever watched. So like, I almost think that's going to be the problem, at least for me uh, personally, is like, yeah. you can't be funny as Wolverine. You, you gotta be the straight man that everybody goofs on. Yeah. So maybe he could be, he could be a little funny. He just back. can't be overly funny. He's gonna be mean. Yeah. He's gonna be mean. And I, I'm not really seeing him be mean in a lot of things. Um, what was that movie? Um, where he had hey, the guns he, tied to his hands. Oh yeah. Well, don't forget. I mean, like, what Harry Potter movie was with him and Ron were on the rocks. They weren't friends anymore. Oh yeah. They were saying some, they were saying some hurtful things. So maybe you'll have to channel, oh, Jesus, have to no. channel that. I, 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 again, I think this is one of those situations that we always talk about where if the fans have cast him as this role for too long, he's not going to be in that role when, when it comes around. Um, yeah. Kind of like how John Krasinski was, obviously they got him for Mr. Fantastic for a small bit in Dr. Strange, but He's not going to be you know, Mr. Fantastic in the upcoming movie, right? Kind of thing. Not going forward. Mm-hmm. So they could have him literally be in here for a minute, but I don't think he's going to take over the role going forward. He wouldn't lock himself to another franchise, I feel, um, after that. He's got Harry Potter money coming in, man. He's got all that good stuff. But this obviously all leads into Secret Wars, which um, Sam Raimi is apparently the, the Marvel's top choice to direct this movie currently um, at, at a list of actors. Uh, mind you, he did Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness and the Spider-Man trilogy. Anyone who listens to the show should know this. But mm-hmm. Doctor Strange 2 brought in like $950 million on, on just a Doctor Strange solo movie. So that's not too bad, really, at the end of the day, if you look at numbers. Yeah. I mean, he's got a very distinct visual flair, um, mm-hmm. uh, which I love seeing. But weirdly enough, when I think of these big event movies, I don't really think of like visual distinctiveness right it's almost kind of like once you kind of you, get to these big bombastic uh, kind of conclusions it's almost mm-hmm. like the story and um special effects are more important than anything else which is weird because endgame was so emotional right well, but I, I would say i would say multiverse of menace has a lot of special effects in it i i, I think if anything that proved he can handle different universes pretty well mm-hmm. right um but I think when you have movies, this and King Dynasty, I honestly think get two directors again. They may not; they don't have to be bro- They don't have to be the Russo brothers, but yeah. maybe you have whoever worked on the first one. You know, two people on the first one. One of those people, or maybe it's both Sam Raimi and the other dude, um, who is it? Daniel uh, Destin, Daniel Cretton work together on these movies, so they feel like one big movie maybe. rather than two separate I mean, movies. My my selfish my selfish pick would be the Daniels mm-hmm. who just came off of everything everywhere all at once. But right. like that's like selfish. I don't think they need to do that. I would love to just see them continue their career, just kind of making like 
crazy wacky movies that I can just go to the movie theater and just go like, what the hell am I watching? Yeah. I almost don't want to see them saddled with like a big budget, like spectacle unless they want to do it. Right. Um, but yeah, that could, that could be fun. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, th- I just, I think you need a duo cause I think it levels everything out. Right. Like it makes everything feel, feel better. So we'll, we'll see. The other uh, rumor that came up today was Alfonso Cuaron who did Harry Potter Three in the Prisoner of Azkaban and Gravity is also near the top of the list as well. Well, oh, okay. He's got a very, very unique visual, uh, very unique movie making style, very artsy, really. Right. Um, mm-hmm. I think he's known very much for his long tracking shots on the ground, like very almost unsettling, if you will. So e- either one of these choices, I think, would be fine. They are they know how to handle studios and and lo- lots of money in this. Uh, Spider-Man 2, the video game, Mike, uh, we had some reveals this week of uh, characters from the game, including 19 inches of Venom, according to the tweet that really came out earlier. And they were talking about the statue. They were like, get ready for 19 inches of Venom. And, like, the internet just lit them up for that. So (laughs) um, have some fun. So we get Venom here with his uh, very uh, nasty-looking teeth, which is awesome. I love this looking Venom, right? Very... This this is this is accurate to a T. Yes, I love it. And it's in the rain too, so he's even more shiny in that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got black suit Spider Man. So whenever obviously the symbiote is in Spider Man, I want to see this in action in the game. In stills, it doesn't quite look right because um, it needs that moving motion on it. But you know, um, they Insomniac does such a great job with the uh, the suits right for photo mode mm-hmm. in this. Craven the Hunter, who we saw from the trailer, so we get to see him a little bit. Uh, yep, looks like Craven the Hunter, really, at the end of the day. A lot of, a lot of fur on him. We didn't have a lot of fur in the last game. And then lastly, probably the biggest, um, I say, translation is the lizard here. And I say this because, have you played the Arkham games before, uh, Mike? No. He looks just like Killer Croc in the Arkham games, more than the yeah. lizard. Uh Right, because we have Kurt Connors, and he looks just like a killer croc, like a crocodile that you would see in New York's I mean, sewers. We 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 did see the lizard featured pretty prominently in that big first gameplay reveal trailer. It's huge, beastly, mm-hmm. imposing. Uh, like, I mean, this is just one of those things where it's just like, shut up and take my money already. Like, yeah. obviously you need to market the game, but like, just come on. We're getting really close though. Yes, we're like um, just a little over six weeks away, I think. Yeah. Um, uh, my wife is going to be out of town on the weekend that this game comes out. So I'm like, oh, Man. I'm about to revert back to my 14 year old self. I'm going to get all the Mountain Dews. Lucky. My, all the that jalapeno is, chips. It's, it's Voodoo 2023, Mike. So you're going to be able to have oh, all that week dude, for Halloween. I'm going to feel like shit by the time we record on that Sunday because yeah. I'm just going to be up all I, night playing it. It's going to be hard. This is my wife's birthday weekend and when I have to watch Taylor Swift. So we'll see how it goes for me at this rate. <laughs> um, but I did buy this game before that movie was announced. So I know I'll get some time to play. And I don't know. Um, I, I think I showed you my controller came in, right? The Spider-Man 2 mm-hmm. controller. So very excited to, to dive into that on the PS5. Uh, the one bit of DC news we have this week, Mike, is uh, the Crisis of the Infinite Earths, the animated adaptation as apparently uh, is looking to be split into a trilogy as the animation director updated his resume to have parts one two and three listen <laughs> for this movie so oh that's funny nobody yeah. told him to like don't upload that pdf man yeah we, uh, you're spoiling everything right he's probably like a one of one of these uh one of these uh guilds i'm in is probably on strike anyway so i'm just gonna update it just in case but um i yep that's great i'd love to watch a, a 
I was always worried that they would try to condense it down to a you know 90-minute movie. So two parts is good. Three parts is even better. So we'll we'll see how this plays out as we get closer to that. The other trailer we have in our show notes for people to watch this week is Monarch Legacy of Monsters, the TV series set in the Godzilla v. Kong universe on Apple TV. Um, you just watched this right before the show for the first time, Mike, and yeah. uh, it, it doesn't shy away from giving us Godzilla and King Kong in this at all. Uh, they, yeah, w- w- what words came out of my mouth, Chris? As soon this as I looks expensive. This yes. looks expensive. <laughs> And I, only Apple TV could foot the bill for the VFX on this one. Yeah, exactly. And, and I was worried, you know, when you get a spinoff show that's on a, that's not owned by the company who owns the rights, this is one of these situations where it's going to get real weird because it's a Warner Brothers property. Apple TV has this. I forget who has the the Kong movie. I believe it's going to Disney, Disney Plus. Isn't it? Isn't uh, it I thought these were legendary movies. If I remember correctly, I'm, maybe I'm Godzilla v Kong came out on Max. It was Warner Brothers. Remember, it's one of the released on Max day and date. Oh uh, yeah. So huh. Legendary may own the property, uh, may own the production, but Warner Brothers is a distribution partner. Then, um, I did not realize John Goodman returns in this uh, as his character from Kong Skull Island, which was a yeah, great I, surprise. I forgot he was in that movie until they showed him briefly in the clip, and I was like. Oh yeah, I think I did see him in Kong. <laughs> yeah, he is that. The Kong Skull Island is a great movie. It's got Tom Hiddleston, Brie Larson, John Goodman. Mm-hmm. Um, well, oh my gosh, John C. Jo- Riley. John C. Riley. Yep. Uh, so it's it's fun. And the other cool thing about this show is going to tell the story in two parts: one historical, and one in modern time. And it takes place across two time periods, played by son and father duo Kurt Russell and White Russell, uh, yeah. which is cool because they kind of look the same, and that's a really fun little yeah. little effect there. Not familiar with Wyatt Russell. He was a U.S. <laughs> agent in Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yes. Uh, also in a great show that was canceled before its time uh, called Lodge 49, which the wife and I really love. So Wyatt Russell is a great actor. Mm-hmm. Kurt Russell, obviously everybody knows him. This is cool. I feel like this doesn't happen that often. Yeah. I'd love to hear more examples where like kind of father and son or daughter and mother have been able to kind of play the same character in future and past. So yeah. that's really cool. Yeah, um, exactly, and, and that's, that's cool. And then also, uh, Kurt Russell has like two kids. I think they're the um, um, the two. They didn't really give them names in the trailer, but they're like the ones who are like in modern day, like looking at Godzilla from the school bus kind of thing. So, uh, very very excited to watch this. Uh, honestly, if I'm going to be honest, I, I, there's not a lot of Apple TV shows I watch, but I'm like, you know, if this is carrying on this universe in a new way, I'm gonna I'm gonna dive in and see what other monsters uh, they bring to the table here because it looks like this a monarch. I guess company or like industry or whatever it is, is going to have a big role in this. And then next year, or maybe is it the year after it was delayed? I think till late last year, next year is uh, that new uh, Godzilla V Kong, the um, mm-hmm. versus the it's other like, ape or whatever. Isn't it? I think it's technically Godzilla X Kong. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's like, one. it's like a, like it's a streetwear collaboration or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They're, they're, they, they already fought a little bit. And now they're buddies. So they got to fight somebody else. So, uh, that that's been pushed back to to sometime next year, and then like I said, there's another um, King Kong movie in production as well. So um, yeah, that's a great time to. And then also not really this, but Godzilla minus one, the movie from uh, the Japan movie from the uh, people who did the uh, Godzilla Rebirth recently, or um, is Shin is Godzilla? Out. Shin Godzilla, yeah, yeah, Shin Godzilla. Yeah. Um, this is Shin Gamera, but it's called Gamera Rebirth in America, so that's my fault. But yeah, they're they're doing another Godzilla. So if you're a Godzilla fan, this is your this is like your year right now. Like you're <laughs> you're living large. 
And if you're a James Bond fan, this rumor might make you excited that Christopher Nolan is rumored to be making a deal to both write and direct two Bond movies with the oh. uh, the Broccoli Company. Uh, and he's arguing, or not arguing, maybe dealing to get full creative control for this um, because Barbara Broccoli and her other producing partner, somebody I forget his name, um, have always like oversaw and like had their hands in these movies, uh-huh. right? That That's part of the Broccoli, you know, uh, my God, Family. Just, just, just do, I watched this, uh, there's this amazing YouTube creator that I love, uh, Patrick Willems, who knows way more about movies than I ever will in my entire life. Um, he's a great creator. He did like this whole video essay on Nolan and uh, kind of the thought processes and the story of Tenet. And we talked at length about Tenet on this show mm-hmm. uh, when it came out during the, during the pandemic and um, talked all about how uh, Nolan is just so inspired by the Bond universe. And when he made Tenet, he went out of his way not to watch any Bond movies because he didn't want to be directly influenced by Bond. He just wanted Mm -hmm. the feeling of Bond when he was making those. So, like, obviously, like, he's primed to make exactly a Bond movie, and I would love for him to have creative control. Um but yeah, Bond is such an odd franchise it, at the moment. Right? It's in like, a weird what do you, what do you place. Do? Yeah. What do you do with it? Like you can't necessarily go back in time to be kind of like a quirky. They almost seem goofy by this point in time, right? There's like wacky gadgets and they've you been know. they've been parodied so much since then that yeah. they feel like yeah, like going yeah. back. You're like, like why are you doing this? Because well, this is the original form yeah. of it like odd job throws a hat and cuts heads off and it's mm-hmm. just kind of like it's just like wacky cartoon stuff and like they try to modernize it with craig and you know well, ups and downs for i sure. think you know craig craig is his stuff kind of revitalized it right it was kind of you know we had gold nine and died off and gold nine probably succeeded mostly because of that video game really not because <laughs> of the movies and yeah, I think I watched him recently, a couple couple years ago. And then you know the Craig ones. You know, obviously, I think he did five movies total, right? He only really wanted to do three. So like, I think there's an opportunity to do two with one actor before you like lose your. Um, by the time you get to a third one or a fourth one, you've lost something, right? They're not as good anymore. Uh, and I think you do two really good ones, and then pick another director, an actor, right? Maybe, That's maybe the thing about Bond. His- He's learned his lesson from the Dark Knight yeah. trilogy. He should have stopped after two. <laughs> Rises isn't too bad. Just one and two are so different. Like, like the Begins and, and Dark Knight are, like, two entirely. Like, one's like, hey, this one's Gotham. The other one's like, oh, now we're just in New York kind of thing, like, deal. But um, the I, I think the idea is, like, Bond is, he has no history, right? Like, you don't, you don't care who the previous James Bond was. You set your own story and you go tell it, and you don't have to really give a history or a beginning origin story for him every time you just kind of go. So I think if you do two and then pick another one and he wants to do one with a different actor, just do these serialized uh, movies. Yeah. Well, also we can't forget about the, the Amazon deal as well when it comes to the property. So oh, yeah. uh, is any of the streaming stuff that's inevitable to come going to ladder up to any Nolan bond stuff? I guess mm-hmm. I we'll hope not. That. I really hope it's just solo. <laughs> like, I think that's going to be the best way to just like serialize it and don't try to build a bond universe. Despite the fact that I think we both agree we, they could have done that with the last movie or franchise a little bit more, but you know, that's fine. A uh, little news on Rotten Tomatoes this week. I don't know if this ever crossed your path, Mike. Um, but uh, P- a, little, a little bit. Yeah, PR firm Bunker 15 has uh, been found to be purchasing positive reviews for shows and movies, causing them to launch with high ratings, uh, which gets people to buy opening weekend tickets. 
And then by the time the second week rolls around and like the actual reviews come out and level it out, you know, movies drop off, but the damage has already been done from the opening movies is what this report says. Yeah. I mean, at first when I would, I would hear this, I'd be like, well, that's, that's gotta be impossible to do. Right. Like I feel like so many reviews come in for a movie that like you'd like it, it, it would almost be basically like trying to like vote twice in an election. Like, mm. yeah. Even if like you got like a big grass movement, like going, like the, the stakes are like so high, like you're just never going to really change the outcome. Right. But mm. you make a good point. If it's the opening of it, like I literally just saw like a producer, uh, for, I don't know what it was, uh, but they shared a screenshot of whatever they were working on. Uh, that's coming out uh, soon, and it was the um, it was the Rotten Tomatoes review, and I looked and it said it it had twenty five reviews. I was like, oh, just twenty five gets yeah. you like an eighty nine percent on Rotten Tomato. Oh, it was the um, it was that new, that Haunting of Venice movie. It's not even out yet, right? Like kind of yeah. thing. And that was a deal. so it's just like well, yeah, I guess like you only need to purchase twenty five people, and yeah. you get to like basically write. A news article like Variety gets to write an article like already like ninety percent on Rotten Tomato. Right. And it's not even out yet. Like, yeah, I feel like that'd be that'd be and, worth it. It's very and, shady, but it'd be worth the money. And well, and they're not even paying like I pay like fifty to two hundred bucks per article because the thing is they are focused on sites. This company, uh, Bunker Fifteen, is focused on sites that are um, obscure, often self-published critics who are nevertheless part of the pool tracked by Rotten Tomatoes. So if you have a blog. A couple things on there, and they're like, "Oh, you're actually a critic rating and not a reviewer or a viewer rating. You're gonna fall under the critical rating, bumping that up even higher, right? Because you only see the critic ratings when you land there first, yeah. not the like, audience." Listen, like I only took one statistics class in college, and I wasn't very good at it. It kind of <laughs> flew over my head. But there's one thing that I learned that was very important when it comes to t- statistics, and that's the. Um, uh, oh God, I can't even. I was just about oh, well, like here waxing we go. It's the um, what what is it like the the threshold where you have statistical like relevance? Mm-hmm. Like you need X number of actual pieces of data for it to be statistically like like insightful in a way. God, yeah. I can't. I can't for the life of me. Everyone out there who is an accountant, like <laughs> it's like I know it's what fine. you're talking about. Yeah. Um, but like I feel like 25 reviews, like it almost feels like Rotten Tomatoes shouldn't be allowed to publish a review statistical significance. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the word I was looking for. Um, they should they should have to get to statistical significance before they release it because like I've seen people who like share like little indie films they're like oh we're hundred percent on Rotten Tomato and it's like you have five reviews like right. yeah. that's not significant enough yeah. like in the well, pool it, of people that are gonna see your movie yeah it, it's it's it is very much shows the flaw of Rotten Tomatoes which we've always said is very very much flawed you know and 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 how how there is no safeguards for this kind of stuff right they just pull people in and people can buy reviews for 50 bucks and get you in opening weekend by fooling you and then you're like oh that really wasn't as good as as we thought so second weekend is always a bigger drop so i'm just i want to call this out and just make sure people who know when you look up reviews try to read the reviews don't just look at the rotten tomato score because obviously that is a pay-to-play scenario that they are not i this may be fixed in a couple months it may be fixed sooner than that. They may make a statement. I don't know, but like this is just one of those things that you got to pay attention to when you're out yeah, there trying gonna to have do to it. Re- they're going to have to reckon with those headlines. That's yeah, for sure. exactly. Yeah, you don't want like yeah, you can pay for Rotten Tomatoes reviews, and that site's going to just go right downhill. So uh, we'll see how it goes. 
Uh, Roku, uh, remember when they bought all them Quibi things, Mike? Remember Quibi? Mm-hmm. This Quick Bites is what it stands for. Uh, they've removed almost all the Quibi shows they acquired. And Roku is now in a cutting content to save cost mode, just like everybody else is. Um, yeah, it's, they, it, it, it's just, it's like so hilarious. Like, Quibi, you were you were just not not of your time. Yeah. Just too soon. I feel like they had a chance, but it never worked well, out. It also came out in the time when everyone was home, not watching Quick Bites on their phones mm-hmm. anymore, Mike. So it, it, it didn't... It didn't stand a chance. I, I think, you know, Roku's an interesting business because they're technically a streaming stick provider. Like, right? They're selling mm-hmm. hardware. And really, you don't need to upgrade your streaming stick at all once you have one. Um, so I, I, w- I was what, – what's the peak What's the peak Roku kind of market cap on this kind of stuff? So I'd be interested to, to learn more about it. But I um, I can't say I use it to watch any of their shows on Quibi or any anything – there, I just use it to access the apps I have to watch yeah, stuff. I on. think when when Roku first added the Quibi content to the Roku channel, since we have a Roku in our house, I, I like dipped in and like poked around for like a little bit, but I was just like, it d- just almost felt weird, right? Mm-hmm. Like when some people were like making content for like a turnstile device, I almost felt like there were certain points where like I feel like I'm missing something. Like why are the characters like being very, very, very um, focused on like a map or like a TV screen and I can't see what the screen is because mm-hmm. I'm supposed to be turning a cell phone and like seeing the second view. So I always felt like I was kind of missing something. Yeah. I think the only thing that came out of Quibi that was great was the um, Reno 911 revival and it's still going. Oh, so yeah. they just had a movie come out, um, something about a Christmas, saves Christmas or something like that. So um, there is some good stuff that came out of there, but like really, you know, Quibi, we hardly knew ye at the end of the day. All right, so we're going to get into spoiler territory next year. We're going to start with I Am Groot. If you think there are spoilers in I Am Groot, boy, you are wrong. Uh, <laughs> I Am Groot Season 2 dropped here a little under, a little over a year from the last ones, and they are five episodes very, ranging from three to five minutes on, on Disney+. Plus. These are very much uh, quick bites, if you will, of seeing <laughs> Groot out in the wild. And they cover a, a plethora of episodes. One is Groot trying to get find money on the ship to buy ice cream from the ice cream truck. He accidentally gets a nose, like, um, you know how Guardians have, like, implants or whatever? He gets a nose implant mm-hmm. on accident on his face and finds out how smelly he is. Uh, another one is he builds a snowman, uh, and the snowman gets some missiles and rockets because he put some technology in there to help build the snowman. Of, of course. Yep, very, very fun. Another one, the first one is um, he finds an egg that hatches, and, like, it's a little bird that imprints on him, and he shares candy with um, by spitting the candy into the mouth of the bird, which was kind of gross, but kind of funny at the same time. Uh, watching Groot, baby Groot care for a baby bird. And then the last episode, Mike, and this is fun, is literally a Watcher narrated episode. Um, oh, so fun. the Watcher is telling a story of like this, this seed, this, um, this magical, very important seed that has a prophecy attached to it. And the hero is going to come save it, and is Groot, and he does nothing to save the seed at the end of the day. <laughs> like he's like he gets very distracted. He takes a nap, and like the watcher is like narrating all this. Like he's like, "What is? He, what are you doing? Like you, you shouldn't be doing. He's not supposed to be doing this. He's <laughs> get back over here." So it's really really fun to have Je- Jeffrey Wright return as the watcher and you know, do a whole episode. That's the one. That's the last episode. I think that's like the the best one of the season to watch. Um, but they all maintain that very realistic. Um, Groot look right that they they mean they got in Guardians two, they're very mm-hmm. funny they're 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 very quick they're they just kind of sell the 
the humor. How do you tell a story without having words, right, or dialogue, uh, other than I am Groot? And they they just nail it every time. And um, I, I'd recommend if you got if you got 15 minutes, you can crank all these out on Disney Plus, right? Just have a good time with them. Very uh, family friendly, clean fun. Uh, there is like one line from Rocket at one of these, Mike. Uh, if you listen for him, so you can hear Bradley Cooper do his like three words as Rocket mm-hmm. at the end of an episode. So, um, any questions about these, Mike? I, I like. I feel like it's just kind of it is what it is, right? You know what you're getting into with these little shorts. Yeah, I feel like I got all I needed. <laughs> yeah. from you on that. Yeah, I, they are. Um, yeah, I, I think I think they're 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 just as. There's just I don't remember the last ones very well, uh, to to be completely honest. Other than the one where Groot breaks out of his pot, uh, and after the end of the first uh, Guardians, so uh, they're not going to stick with you. But they are fun little fun little clean shows to watch. So check those out on Disney Plus. And lastly, here we're going to jump into Ahsoka. Mike, we have not really talked about Ahsoka a lot, to be completely no, honest. Not really at all. Uh, off the air or even on the show. So all f- four episodes have landed, and you caught up to four. We talked a little bit last week, me and Jim did uh obviously uh you probably haven't listened to that either so that's good um but um if you're we're just gonna they're all we're in ahsoka spoiler territory if you've not seen the first four episodes don't listen um Mm -hmm. come back and listen if you want to but we are halfway through this series on disney plus and um we're gonna talk about it so i feel after watching episode four this week mike and you tell me what you think it feels like this is um what filoni did with the clone wars where every two episodes is a story um, it feels better watching one and two and then two and three because they feel like a complete piece. Whereas like half of an episode or like episode three. Eh, but when you put it with four, I'm like, Oh, this clicks into place. This feels like a good start and stop point for the characters. How do you, do you yeah, feel like I, he's doing that? I mean, I, I feel like I'm trying to remember exactly how some of the episodes ended, but I do kind of feel like after the end of episode one and the end of episode three, the episodes just kind of ended. They, yeah. It wasn't really like a cliffhanger. It was just like the end of a scene. Mm-hmm. So I, I think you're right. I think this would be a little bit more binge-worthy. It, and they're only like half an hour. Like, this is like, we just watch One Piece. One Piece are hour-long episodes, right? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, do four episodes at an hour each, and we, we get the whole story. Like, I feel like we're only getting like one, like, part one and half of part two in the first half and then like uh-huh. it makes the next ep- the even number episodes feel that much better because you're like oh man this is paying off finally but like you have to wait a whole week in between them to, to get there yeah and like so if we're if we're operating on that cycle means we'll probably be let down a little <laughs> bit by the ending of the next episode but hopefully the yeah. uh, episode after that so yeah we're halfway through it i mean my so- my thoughts on ahsoka in general are a little mixed because i i love seeing like feloni's take on star wars because he's just he just gets it. he's like a nerd right mm-hmm. so i'm loving the star wars battle um so if we're talking about spoilers right yeah uh, absolutely you know i loved uh, just before that big old ring uh, takes off into hyperspace. We're like on the bridge and like the production design of all these like coils and science fictiony technology objects are like glowing up. I was like, this is cool. And I just keep thinking, oh, what's it going to look like when it takes off? And like it has this like electrical disturbance. So it's just like there's lots of really fun, interesting, clever things happening here for sure. Uh, th- the biggest problem I have with this show, which has been really hard for me to get over is everyone in the show is so dour. It's like what it's like everyone is Alec Guinness's Obi-Wan, right? Everyone's so stoic, everyone's so poised, even like the bad guys like 
like I finally got a little bit of range from Rosario Dawson in episode yeah. four when she was legitimately worried if Sabine had died or not. And then, yeah. you know, I'm sure we'll talk about the um, the, the whole Anakin yeah. uh, end. But yeah, I finally got a little bit of emotion out of these characters. And it's like, I get it. Like, right. Like, it's like this galaxy isn't the best place to live. Right. But I and I don't know exactly how um, Ahsoka acted in Rebels. But, like, I know her almost entirely from the Clone Wars, and obviously she was younger, right? But, like, where is all of her energy? Where is the zest for life? Where is just any sort of, like, where is any sort of, like, character definition? Like, even, like, Sabine is, like, flat. All the villains are flat. Um, The girl with the green tentacles uh, played by... um, uh, it's Hera. Hera. It's Hera. It's uh... Hera. E- even yeah. like that is like everyone's just so like I feel like I'm watching the prequels. Like w- like what is happening mm-hmm. here? Like I just need somebody like so whenever the the robot companion like does something sassy or like tells yeah. like so- tells anybody basically like lighten up. I'm just like fucking finally. Yeah. And it's just so weird because like I I'm I'm loving like the story. It's kind of I sent you the meme of how it feels a lot like Treasure Planet. Mm-hmm. So I love how like they at least the MacGuffin is kind of like doing something cool it, like oh it's like a map and they're they're trying to shoot off into another galaxy which is like that's whole that's a whole thing we should talk about because I'm sure you know a lot more about it than I do but I and, and I like just like little decisions that Filoni makes like um, they want to destroy the map in episode four, right? After they get the coordinates. Yeah. And like, there's like a thousand ways a lightsaber could destroy something. Right. But like, he, he didn't cut it in on, half. He literally, yeah, he, yeah. Yeah. He turns it on upside down and it takes a minute. Yeah. Right. Like, it's not like something that just obliterates like an instantly. And I was like, this is cool. Just yeah. like watching a dude with I, an upside down lightsaber, just melt something. The way the he holds his lightsaber too, is close to the hilt as possible. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, again, Ray Stevenson, God bless him. Like we're going to miss him, but like, he's, he's, he feels like a force with like, like not, not a force, but like a bad guy, like yeah, who's, I, who's to be I, reckoned I, with because he's like, I'm, I know what I'm doing. And I'm confident in my abilities here. Yeah. I love the, I love the bad guy duo. They, they have like very distinct, like bad guy energy, right? He is like he is the elder with that kick ass white beard. He looks yeah. so cool when he holds a lightsaber. And then we got like the scrappy, like um like white haired, like uh I yeah. guess Padawan, but I don't really know what yeah. you call it on Sith. I forgot. Like, well it's not it's a Sith. rule of they're two, not, so well, what do they call them? They're not Sith. They're not Sith. They're just not Jedi, if you will. But they did call it but they do call him Darth. So I guess Darth is not like He's necessarily. They, he, they didn't call they him call Darth. Him, no, no. I wait. thought what's his name like his, Darth something. No, his name's Balin. His name's just Balin. I thought they. I thought they said Darth Balin in the fourth episode. No, maybe no, I heard it the, wrong. Yeah, so I think, a, so I think a droid was saying it. So maybe I misheard his robotic voice. Yeah, uh, it's Balin yeah, Skull, Balin Skull, and Shin Hadi. Skull and Hadi are the the Norse wolves that chase each other night and day cycles. Actually, which is a, a really fun reference to possibly oh, how they're cool. going to be too. So be, anyway, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I, I love their dynamic. They're very, they're very imposing, very creepy. I love how Filoni's bringing in his, bringing in his witchy stuff. Like, Oh, the night sisters if, are so cool. Like, he basically like for all intents and purposes, he like invented like this side of magic. Like, I'm sure there's like a book somewhere, right. right. Where it, where it exists or whatever, but he kind of brought it in. So I wasn't expecting when the masked character got chopped up that like, green witch oh, magic man. would come out of them. I was like, that was cool. So I that, liked that. <laughs> that's a great payoff. Did you watch Tales of the Jedi yet? 
the, the, the Ahsoka Tales of the Jedi, she fights somebody just like this, if you will, mm. um, which is great. There's only three. Ep- I, I think Tales of the Jedi are very, like, again, those are Filoni animated stuff. You should watch them. They, they, they would pay off in that moment even more for you. But I think that, that's important to know. Like, this has Filoni's lore. Like, he, this is, there's no accidents in here, if that makes sense, right? Like, there's nothing, everything is, is what he has been working on since 2005 whenever he took over and started working with George Lucas and I think that you feel it like you feel like this is intentional this is purposeful I I don't I don't think there are any wasted moments in here right like you know a lot of people are like oh Mandalorian season three there's a planet with you know Jack Black and Lizzo I'm like well wasted moment totally agree it's a different side story didn't really move the main plot forward at all but like they, they they're not wasting any time here and I feel really good about that uh through this and and you know Back to, you know, you know, Ahsoka is more more adult. She's more, you know, very reserved. Uh, we we don't know what ha- really happened, where she was in between Rebels and this moment, or I guess in Mandalorian. Uh, that's about nine year past. But I will say, you know, when you mentioned her being, you know, happy and younger, it was you see that you see her smile for the first time in the show when Anakin calls her Snips there in the the place between all worlds right is that is that the um because i only caught that i think when i was watching uh rebels recap yes that that's is kind of like the time time travely dimension right that ezra sneaks into and the saves realm. ahsoka and, the, and then puts her back in to, to time yeah so it's the realm the i think it's the the realm between realms is what it's called. i'm gonna just kind of i'm just gonna call it the speed force it, it <laughs> is it is it is the last four episodes of rebels a lot of this comes from like that that whole thing comes from so um you know we get to see that and then you mentioned the 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 ending which was i honestly i did not expect to see anakin skywalker in the end yeah. of episode four i thought it was gonna be much I'm, later in the show unfortunately it got spoiled for me a little bit because yeah. i waited too long to watch this week's episode uh but i thought he was going to be in it like more yeah so and i didn't know it was going to be happening in like a realm between so that was kind of a fun surprise and it lasted for like two seconds so yeah like we're going to be getting a lot more of it next week i hope yeah. but um yeah i mean that's that, that's cool like what what's happening in there mm-hmm. i don't know like you know, is he going to tell like Ahsoka, like, I don't stop being such a, a Debbie well, Downer it, or so, something? Like, well, I would say, I would say, you know, obviously she had, did she die? Did she die? Did she get pulled into there? What happened to her off the cliff? Right. Like, that's my question. Mm-hmm. Uh, so is it, you know, is she going to, you know, come back and, you know, be the old Ahsoka that we know? Right. Because technically she's not, everyone calls her, she's not a Jedi. She left the Jedi order. She's just trained in the Jedi ways. Right. At the end of the mm-hmm. day. Um, we got to see that, you know, uh, you know, the ship jumped. Are we going to go see this other universe, Mike, or are we not going to see the other universe? Ugh. I want to, I want to see it. Chris, or, it's a galaxy, not a universe. Well, so we got to be careful. Yeah. We, we talk about multiverses every, every week. That's true. Uh, so we have to be very specific, but no, I'm very looking forward to talking about this aspect yeah. of the show because, uh, what everybody knows about star Wars, even if you've only seen the very first movie, the very first words you ever read a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, yeah. specifically stating all of these adventures happen in one singular galaxy, which is a lot of fucking room, right? I yeah. mean, a galaxy is like huge. Like, and- Humanity is probably never going to leave our galaxy, and will might the sun might fry our entire planet before we, we even get a chance to see like a tenth of it, right? We um, and we also see all the different planets and 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 things in the galaxy represented at the in, in 
episodes one through three, right? When they're doing all the galaxy, I guess, uh, yeah, things. Exactly. So, and, and that's only the ones represented. They're the ones who are also the um, re- not rebel galaxies. What do they call them when they're they're not part of the, you know? Uh, yeah, they're they're like uh, independent independent world. ones. I yeah. Mean, so there's even more. So like, yeah, we see a lot there, and like yeah. we're we're going and to we a know, place we don't we've never heard of before. Yeah, and we know that there's kind of parts of like even that galaxy that are like you said mysterious. Like I remember the shots Rim. from from the Clone Wars, right? Where like kind of. I think it's like Obi-Wan like goes to the Jedi Council. He's like pulling maps, you know, trying to figure out where these clones are being made or whatever. And yeah, we yeah. kind of do get to kind of see him virtually kind of walk through the galaxy, which I always thought was cool yeah. and really important. I think we do kind of need to be anchored in a location for storytelling. But now the fact that we're going totally uncharted territories. I mean, like how many movies are happening in this other galaxy, right? right. Like what has already is, transpired? That's like their whole, they have their own whole like culture. And does the force exist there. in this other galaxy? Like you're right. Yeah. Like, is it something that, you know, we don't know if it's isolated to our gal or in our, this galaxy or not. So it may be for like, there's like, again, we've talked about the Yuuzhan Vong, right? The, the enemies from the expanded universe who are immune to the force and they don't, you know, they have no power. Are they going to be part of this? What What are we getting out of this? What What is he bringing yeah. back that we can pull into it, this next movie? Yeah, it is kind of wild because that opening crawl of Star Wars has kind of always postulated like that. There is a theoretical chance at any given moment like a Jedi could show up on our planet, right? Because, yeah. like, technically they are in canon supposed to exist with planet Earth in some way. I know it's silly to think about it that way. Yeah. But it is just kind of crazy to think that, like, oh, yeah, like a Jedi could just pop on over to the next galaxy and they'll be like, what, what are you doing? Like, like we don't have magic with a lightsaber. Mm-hmm. Like, how does that light not just keep going forever? Cause that's how light operates. Right. Yeah. You know, there's just like, there's just so many things that they could do in a different galaxy. It's just like so much untouched territory, yeah. you know, I, 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 I just, it's like, it, how often are, can you ever be like, not guess what's going to happen in Star Wars, yeah. right? There's always some nerd out there that knows more than you that's going to knows exactly what's going to happen. I just want to know if we're going to see it or if they're just going to pop back into our universe with everybody. No, they involved. got they got to show it. I yeah. mean, I don't think uh, so. If we want to go into like predictions for kind of like the back half of the yeah. of the season, like I I feel like I I want to see this other galaxy, right? You yeah. know, I don't know if we're just going to see like one planet on the edge of the galaxy, right? And Thrawn's been hanging out there. I don't know how he's still alive Mm -hmm. maybe he's conquered his own little planet in the galaxy because he's like such a masterful ruler and maybe they have to convince him to leave like he's like hey i got a good thing going it's like no 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 come back to us you can have a whole galaxy why have like one planet and then i'd love to see at least some like seeds some little hints of tips maybe on this like one little planet or maybe he's stuck on a moon or something of some life form that lives there that's just like what is this place that you're coming from? Right. This is where we live. I don't. There's so much opportunity. It, it's got to be different. And, if it looks too similar, I feel it's wasted, right? Like you really, if you're going somewhere yeah. new and uncharted, and you're like, yeah, we're gonna go to this. It can't just be more people standing around. Like, yeah, we found more people over here. Then uh, like, why haven't we? Then we can bring them back, I guess. Or we have now a, a way to get to them going yeah. forward. Like, like, what do we do and with like, this? And, like, if we can trust anyone with creating brand new things in the Star Wars universe, it's Filoni because he did it in the Clone Wars all the time under, like, very harsh restrictions of, like, hey, this has to still be canon. Right. And he did it. And And I do really like how, like, everything is taken very seriously. Like, like if you want to skip, like, light skip jump to another galaxy, 
uh, first of all, you got to steal a bunch of hyperdrives, right? That's going to be hard enough as it is, as the empire has fallen, right? You have yeah. got to have a motivated reason to do it. You got to build a really interesting looking contraption, which uh, the audience wants to look at, which is great. And then also, there's got to be stakes of like, if we don't get the exact coordinates, you're going to end up in this blank void between galaxies, yeah. having no idea where to go, no compre preconceived notions of i'm guessing whatever galactic gps they have does not work anywhere else it's right it's well the way they they again they say this, they used to map star or like uh, light speed lanes by following the whales the pergil mm -hmm. that we saw in this and um if you read the high republic the, you, you don't have to the way they've been sent there's like company um uh, that has been pre-mapping all these destinations for people due to um, I think they like one of the one of the family members is force sensitive or something or has like an ability that nobody else they keep her under lock and key. So they they were selling these coordinates to people making the light speed drives, and um, that's how they kind of kept the highways safe, if you will, right? Like so you don't run into a planet. But like you're, you're right, like they're gonna get there. They gotta figure out how to get back as well. Hopefully they have the the same path backwards, and so maybe they'll, they'll end up on that planet on the way back the other way. Yeah. I just think like this is and since we kind of already know kind of where the big war and struggle in the galaxy ends up right you know eventually ray comes along the emperor comes back seemingly out of nowhere um this will be tied off nice and neatly in a filoni feature film which will be fun and exciting right but i would love for a seed to be planted to be picked up like later on in the timeline, right? Like maybe um, what were those bad guys? What'd you call them? Use on Vaughn. Yeah, the Use on Yeah, Vaughn, maybe yeah. we get maybe we tease the Use on Vaughn and then they they come back get, to the yeah they 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 find a boy here. They follow yeah, the but, and that is maybe where we are currently in the most modern version yeah. of the timeline. So it's like hey, they are teased here. Now Ray has to go fight them. Or and something then Dave like gets to chart the the fucking path forward because yeah. no one else can be trusted. Uh, to yeah. write three movies that, that makes yeah, sense that, together. That would be great. But at the same time, maybe hire a couple uh, uh, writers that can write some characters with a little bit more well, range I, and depth. <laughs> I think well, – and they may not need the range. I think there's no history. We don't know what happened in the past ten years. And they didn't really set up that – they just jumped in like, okay, you're all – the journey starting here. I would like to Where's, know what happened in those ten years in between. Uh, where's the here. where's that big blue alien dude that, that they teased in in one of the uh, in one of the Mando episodes he's, that he's, was supposed to be in their crew? He's just a, a gun for hire in the the thing. The uh, oh well, he's interesting. He looks fun. Throw the big blue. No, guy they have to use the same three pilots. <laughs> uh, the the guy from um, what Kim's Convenience and, and <laughs> he's he's the only one who's gonna go. He's a ride or die for everyone who doesn't want to follow the rules in this, <laughs> yeah, in this universe. I guess. But I'm, I'm having a good time. I'm excited for the second four. Um, it, it's 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 great to see again. You know, it feels like the first season of the Mandalorian, right? Like we're building towards something. I I do think the the back half would be a great opportunity to kick off the skeleton crew show because. They get lost. The premises they get lost in a different galaxy or part of the galaxy, and this could be an opportunity to kick that off in the back half of the show, um, because we're gonna. Need, it, that's gonna have to tie that, into somehow. Is that canonically the same time? I, I yes, know I yes, can't it is. Keep yeah, they, all all the Disney works. Plus shows are in the same, except for Kenobi, and and and, and, and those and were or. those two were together, <laughs> but these are all together. There's only two timelines right now. Right now, 
um, <laughs> right now until that. Yeah, they um, kind of say these things before the show what's, starts. What's that? What's that High Republic show that's supposed yeah, to be coming the, out? Yeah, the Acolyte. <laughs> yeah. Um, but Mike, are you getting the lightsabers you need in this show? Because you know, I I know you love lightsabers, and they yes. not shied away from any lightsaber usage. I'm getting plenty of lightsabers. Whenever a light, I but I always want to see now like a lightsaber do something like new and unique. Right. Yeah. So when it when it just like destroyed that little orb, I was like, yeah, that's cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I think I think he was cool. I like and and very cart very cartoony clone wars like cartoon network inspired moment but like when ahsoka like put on her like spaceship suit yeah yeah, yeah. uh and like went on top of the ship and like we don't need guns i got lightsabers right i can like i can chop these things out of the sky exactly (laughs) and that's very much taken from the show when they've worn the spacesuits in the uh the Clone yeah. War stuff before, so that was that was fun. Her her battle with um, Balin was really good. I think you know having two very I wouldn't say seasoned but you know master Force users do yeah. the, the I mean, lightsabers. I mean, right now, I mean, we historically on this show really never officially kind of like rate anything, right? We don't yeah. give it scores or stars or grades or anything like that. But sometimes it's helpful maybe to throw some of those out just to get it like a feeling. I would say like right now, uh, Ahsoka for me is kind of like sitting at like a solid B, right? Definitely room for improvement. Uh, room to go down too as well. We'll see how it, how it goes. Mm-hmm. But I, I would say a B is good because Mandalorian Season 3, the last kind of Star Wars thing I watched, that was that was in the C- range for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, w- I think you should go a little higher. I think you gave the Flash a C plus. I think you can go a little farther from the Flash, Mike. But hey, but, this is why this is why we, this is why we don't do this. <laughs> yeah, right. It, yeah, this, this it's a very subjective scale. I, I yeah, I think I mean if you like Star Wars, I recommend it. I think that's where I'm going to sit with it. Right. If you enjoy Star Wars, you, you recommend. If you're not in Star Wars, there's no way you're going to get into this. Um, oh yeah, I tried to. We sat down and watched the first episode. Um, uh, we had a friend over who, you know, very familiar with Star Wars, and then my wife was on the couch as well, who, she'll go see Star Wars stuff with me, right? Yeah. She's watched The Mandalorian, and then I put this on, and she's like, who are all of these people? And I'm just like, I get it. It's it's fine. You don't yeah. have to watch this. It's it's a bit it, it's a bit much of an ask. Yeah, it, and it, it's if you've watched all the Clone Wars and Rebels, boy, this is a, this is paying off in dividends for mm. you, for, for those people. Uh, I, do, I do hope, again, I mentioned, you know, I think last week with Jim, it's like, I don't want the end scene to be, um, what's his name? The the general walking Thrawn walking off the ship. He's mm-hmm. like, ah, I'm back. I'm like, he's got to do something. I don't want to wait for a goddamn movie to to see what he does. Right? Like, he needs to already be doing something in our universe by the end of the show. Mm-hmm. Rather just showing up at the end is going to be very very wasteful of that. So, yeah. I I agree. So hopefully they can they can set that forward. Need some seeing some momentum, but um. Yeah, that's it. Well, we'll probably come back to this when the show's over. We don't have to do it weekly. Just come back from the when the season's done and talk about it. Unless something monumental happens next week, yeah, we'll God, just yeah, we'll ne- wrap it up. Next week's going to be a big qu- asterisk with with uh, Hayden Christensen returning, right? So we'll, mm-hmm. we'll 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 put that there. But Mike, thanks for coming back again. We're we're back on a regular schedule of episodes. But if people know what you're up to, what you're doing, especially when you're gone for a long periods of time, where they can find you, at, man. Well, they can find me at Mike Royer Design on Instagram, TikTok. I'm always going to call it Twitter because I hate Elon Musk. Um, Don't you can read it. my web comic at liferewardsrisk.com. Chris, people want to catch up with you. Where can they find you? You can find me on uh, Instagram, Valdan87, or video game systems of the same name, Valdan, V A L D A N. If people know about the show, what we're doing, we have any reviews coming up? 
is it like the the Marvels? Maybe I think is our next. Uh, I think we need to be reviewing my big fat Greek wedding three. Uh, but I don't know if I'm going to be able to get you to go see that. I don't think you're going to be able to get me to go see that. <laughs> but we will be back to do some more. Maybe, maybe that, maybe a special One Piece review episode if we get to it. Yeah, uh, that'd be nice. But um, yeah, we, we we're going to be doing more reviews as, as content picks back up. But if people know about the show, where can they listen at? Yeah, they can head on over to Superhero Slate dot com that is the headquarters that is the hyperspace lane if you want to find all the things that we do here on superhero slate you can find us on apple Podcasts, youtube spotify wherever else you love to listen to find podcasts like our own um we got merch at superhero slate.com slash store uh we love hearing from you let us know what you thought of ahsoka are you excited for this new godzilla king kong tv show do you think it also looks expensive like i do uh, let us know. We love hearing from you, and we love our super fans. Uh, thanks to Jim for filling in for me last week. Really appreciate that. But if you want to be a super fan like Jim, all you got to do is share the show with a friend, share the show with a buddy, and we'll be here every week. That's right. We'll catch you guys next week. Bye. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to subscribe.